much gratitude for everybody who's out here today. For a, a while now, for many years, there's been an image that's been creating in my mind, which I call a soul branch. And it's a soul branches to try to explain that phenomenon of how it is that there's just some people in our lives that um, we, could, we could be old friends or we could not talk to for long, 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 long time and immediately you start, you get on the phone and you're right where you left off and there was like no time in between. Some people you've, you just meet and right away there's an instant connection and you feel like you've known them forever. It's because some of us all share a soul branch together. If, if the whole world, all of humanity is like one big never-ending tree that goes out, there are those of us who are on, who are sharing a branch. And even though I am just meeting Shlomo, Rabbi Shlomo Katz here tonight for the first time, I feel like we share a soul branch. And I felt that about 10 years ago when I first heard my first CD of his. It was at Isabella Friedman Retreat Center, Elat Chaim Retreat Center, and, um, and I heard it and it touched me very deeply and it became part of, the melodies became part of my davening, became part of my prayer, and that was chapter one. Of chapter two was 2010, I was in Yerushalayim for about se seven months, seven or eight months, and I went and tried to find everything that I could of Shlomo's, in, I, I got his Malay Olam album, Kohanim, and again, even though we didn't see each other while I was there, and I'm sure we were, we were in the same, same place, um, we, were, we were occupying the same space. And, and my own soul, my own connection to God has been very influenced by his music. And now, at Temple Bethel, um, we have been really trying to create prayer spaces that are that are soulful, that are deep, um, that use contemplative nigunim, and um, Cantor Young and I have worked on adapting a few of his melodies for our shacharit service um, that we spend time on and move towards. So again, it feels like at every different chapter of my life in the last 10 years, Shlomo is, is there playing a role. So um, the other things that's important for you to know besides um, Besides that, is it eight albums that you have? S seven albums, eight albums, between with your brother. There, there, there. Besides the music that's out, he's traveled all around the world, um, playing music. And most importantly, now is he started the Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach Legacy Foundation, which is about compiling. I think he just mentioned to me that they've logged now 19,000 hours compiling teachings, recordings, audio, video, to try to coalesce some of Reb Shlomo's teaching and music. The, um, I think you'll see there's a CD out there called Likrat Shabbat, which is a whole CD of unpublished music from Reb Shlomo Karlbach. And you also, um, there are, working on a commentary, a, a Shlomo Karlbach commentary to the Chumash. So now I think there's two, two volumes that make up Breshit of Genesis, of Reb Shlomo's commentary to Genesis, which you can get online that Shlomo Katz has helped, um, helped bring in. So with great gratitude for you being here, um, Rabbi Shlomo Katz and his band.
I said, I'm going to take you on the road with me. And just what energy. <laughs> wow. Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Can you hear? Can you hear? Shalom. Yeah, <laughs> I can hear too. Awesome.
Thank you so much. Um, this is an incredible schut. It's an incredible honor and a privilege to be here with all of you. To what is just could have been just another. What is it? When I'm so jet lagged. It's Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday. It could be just another Wednesday night, but instead we're taking Wednesday night Rosh Chodesh Adar Bet. It's Rosh Chodesh tonight, and taking it to the highest level. So. It's, a, it's such a privilege and an honor to be here and, and do that with all of you. You know, I just want you all to know, it's my first time here, but the truth is one of the most important mitzvahs, as we all know, is hachnasat orchim, is welcoming guests into your home. It's a tremendous, tremendous mitzvah. It's such an incredible big deed when you welcome someone into your home and literally to also welcome them into your heart. It's a tremendous thing. But you know, it's one thing to welcome someone into your house, but it's an even greater thing to cause a guest to forget that he's a guest. And um, it's, I've been in this room for about an hour and a half. I feel like I've been here for about like a decade and a half. I don't feel, I, I simply don't feel like a guest. And um, I'm leaving, don't worry, I'm not staying here tonight. But, <laughs> but I do feel, it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big honor, it's, thank you so much. Thank you so much to all of you, and specifically to, to Ari and to Rib Kavod and just people that have greeted us so beautifully. So it kind of feels, even though it's Wednesday night, it does kind of feel for me like we're, we're, we're right there, we're by Shabbos, we're right there. Rib Shlomo Karbach always said that, you know, you have Cholamoed Pesach, you have Cholamoed Sukkot, the, right, the weekdays are Cholamoed Shabbos, that, that's the truth. So I feel like it's a little bit of a Cholamoed Shabbos. So anyway, this is a nigun that, um, Maybe I'll tell you a little bit later about it, but very close to my heart that I wrote many years ago. And it's in honor of Shabbos. So you'll get it. It's very simple. When I come to the chorus, it's very original Jewish words. O yoy Shabbos Kodesh. That's it, okay? Okay, let's go.
So yes, yeah, so as I walked in here, there was already like all these different um, spe all special people just come up, up coming up to me and sharing their personal stories about um, about Shlomo Kalbach and you know I, I mean my name is Shlomo I do play guitar and and I'm kind of a rabbi but but I always it's always the same question that we I get asked all the time it says so how do you feel what does it mean to be a there's a whole new, you know, there's Kalbachianism. It's a whole movement now. It's all over the world. And I always say, so what does it mean to continue in the footsteps of Rav Shlomo? So I, and I say this with, with so much kavod to what I have to, to, to his memory that I think that becoming, being a real follower of Shlomo for me, being a real follower of Shlomo Kalbach is being determined to become the first Shlomo Katz. I mean it. I mean it very, very, in a very deep way. And um, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but just I know that Shlomo Kabach spent a lot of time in this area as well, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s as well. 
So just sing one tune that I promised someone. So I want to sing this in the bottom of my heart to for for the for the sake of all those people who are lifting up their eyes and looking for help in their own life, in their private life, as Am Israel, as humanity, just to lift up. Don't just look like this saying, I'm really trying really hard to find to find help. You have to lift it up. You have to lift up. You know, in these parshiot that we're talking about right now, it's the, we just had parshat Kitisa. There's also another parsha with the same kind of sound called Naso. There's also, the Torah talks about whenever we're being counted, it says Seu et Rosh. It always talks about lifting up the head. And some, some, for some reason, we keep on speaking about lifting up our heads. So you'll, you'll love this. He has a great song called Lift Up Your Head, Child. But lifting up your head, if you take the word Rosh in Hebrew and lift up that word by one letter in the, in the alphabet, lift up each letter to the next letter. Lift up the word Rosh. What do you get? Resh becomes Shin. Aleph becomes Bet. And then Shin becomes so when you lift up your Rosh, Shabbos, you get Shabbat. So this isn't the song about lifting up your eyes. I didn't do yet that whole word. You know, I didn't know what it means to lift up the word Enayim, but I'm sure it comes up to something very cool.
שמיים I just got this guitar yesterday. First time, I actually, I'm first time I'm playing with a zebra guitar in my with this zebra guitar. But with these new guitars, they brought a tune very, very, very fast. And this is my friend Sam on the violin. ago, a few nights before Yom Kippur, a few friends were sitting in some beautiful little apartment in Yerushalayim, the heart of the world. They were trying to connect to the prayers that we're going to be saying. You know, sitting in shul for hours and hours, saying a lot of different prayers, you got to choose where you really, really want to make sure you're not sleeping for all night. So we were going through the machzor, and suddenly we came to these words. And that moment was where the high priest would walk out of the Holy of Holies and everyone knew we're forgiven and everyone knew that love conquers all and it caused everyone to fall on their faces thanking God for witnessing such a moment so this niggun is called Veha Kohanim Veha Ah, 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 ah,
שוימים עץ השם. הנכבד
Myself really trying to visualize that moment, and I don't know what God's specific name was with the full all those coatings and the way the Kohen Gadol knew exactly how to say God's name. But I always I tell my friends and I remind myself that I think I think that the closest that we'll get to what it sounded like is whenever we hear our children. Call us, call out to us. Whenever my daughter says, Abba. Whenever one of our children say, Daddy, Mommy. Just hearing that there's another creature in the world, there's a creation that reaches out to us. That's probably the closest we're ever going to get to what it sounded like when the high priest said God's name on Yom Kippur. So in honor of all the children... I'm not just talking about kids under the age of five. The Torah only talks to you if you're a child. The Torah only says, Daber el b'nei Yisrael. The Torah doesn't really say, Vayomer Hashem Moshe, Daber el zikne Yisrael. Go talk to the altakakers. It doesn't... You know, Reb Nachman says, it's, it's absolutely usher to become old. It's not a good idea. You know, you know staying young means... Staying young means that I believe that tomorrow could actually be better than today. Banishing all cynicism and sarcasm from my life. Oy vey. Talk about Amalek. Cynicism and sarcasm. Alright, let's go. Let's make this world much more beautiful. Oh, you 
Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for not just uh, being spectators, but really being with us. I grew up, it sounds, you know, people ask me where I'm from, it sounds much better. I was born in New Jersey, but I don't really <laughs> say that. I left, I left New Jersey when um, I was very little, I was about three, and moved to Los Angeles. And um, I grew up here in LA, we moved around, we moved back and forth a lot. My father was a, was a music teacher in a bunch of the Jewish uh, in day schools in, in LA, in the city. And um, he was a chazan, he was a cantor in a shul called, two different shuls, one called Shari Tefillah, Beverly Boulevard, and then later we moved, in 89 we made Aliyah to Israel, we lived in the city in Ra'anana. Then we moved back to Los Angeles in 1997. There's a reason I'm sharing with you all this information, it's in a second. And we moved back in 97 to Los Angeles, and um, he was a chazan in a shul called Beth. Beth Jacob. So we really, you know, a lot of my years, besides having like my heart is, let's see, let's see who gets this. My heart is purple and gold. And <laughs> not really the last few, it's been a heartbroken purple and gold. <laughs> and I'll forever be Dodger Blue. And you could say that here. I saw the angels, uh, the angels are closer, right? Yeah, yeah but you know what? <laughs> the angels in the 80s was a shmach, a shmach, shmach, and that's it. I don't know what's happening these days, but um, <laughs> what they're doing better. But the reason I'm sharing this all you is for the following, following reason. You know, it says, there's this famous, famous story about this Hasidish Rebbe, his, known, his name was Reb Beryl from the town of Radoshitzer. He was the Radoshitzer Rebbe. And before he was a Hasidish Rebbe, he was, they called him Beryl the Batlan, the bum. You know the stories about Reb Zusha, the Rebbe Reb Zusha, he had, everyone knows he was so poor and he didn't have anything. But this barrel made Reb Zusha look like a, like a billionaire, okay? Mamish, nothing. <laughs> now, you know, every single Rebbe had a certain bracha or a certain mitzvah that they took more, you know, more serious than any other bracha, any other mitzvah. Like the Holy, the Holy, the Rebbe Naftali of Ravshitz, his thing was, I think it was the mitzvah of sukkah, that was his mitzvah. Then there was rebbe's that their thing was the mitzvah of tzitzis. Then there were like some very holy rebbitsons, who are really, we all know, they're really the rebbe's, right? Like their thing was the way they prepared, the way they, they prepared the Shabbos candles. Just each person has a certain mitzvah that they feel like their, their shorish neshama, the root of their soul, is attached to it. There's a big tzaddik, his name was... Um, Reb Avram, Reb Nachman, it's a long story. His, his thing was really welcoming guests. Like he took upon himself, not just that I do it and God could see, okay, V, check, you did the mitzvah, but that your, your, your neshama, your soul is part of the actual mitzvah. So this Reb Beryl of Radoshitz, every morning, Beryl the Batla and Beryl the Bomb, who had nothing, will wake up in the morning comes to the Birkos Hashachar, the, the morning blessings that we do. And when he got to the following bracha, when he got to the recite the following blessing, he said the following blessing with extra, extra, extra kavana, extra intent and purpose, right? Which bracha? He gets a baruch atah Hashem, and he came to blessed are you, God, the king of the world. She'asali kol tzorki, which means 
that you gave me everything I need. Everyone's looking at him. Every morning he says that bracha, and they think he's making a mockery out of God. We all know, Beryl, you got garnished and garnished. You have nothing. What are you talking about? You gave me everything. So Beryl looked at them and he said, how do you know that God didn't give me exactly what I need to fix my neshama? I don't say, blessed are you, God, that you gave me everything I want. I say that I am a believer and a believer believes that God gives you everything that you need in order to be yourself today. How do you know, he says, that I have everything that I need to do what Beryl needs to do in the world? And they shut up and they never bothered him again. But you see, friends, usually we always look back and we say, oh, the truth is, you know, I really did have everything I needed just to do what I need to do in this world. Why am I sharing it with you? We moved back here at a really rocky age for myself. I was in the middle of my junior year in high school. My family had to move back here, and it wasn't simple. And I don't know why I'm feeling so personal here tonight, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe this is instead of my therapy session I'm missing back in Israel. But it was a very hard experience with my parents trying to understand what are you plucking me out of what I, you know, I was fine, started the basketball team, everything was good. I was, how could it be that, I, why are we leaving and coming into, and I came to this very interesting high school which I, I really didn't connect to at all. But when I look back, I see, you gave me everything I needed. Because it was in high school, those, year, those months when I moved back here, that I was forced to really search into my kishkas and say, what does your soul really want? And I had uh, a malach, I had a, an angel that was there for me. He doesn't even realize it. But the truth is, is that I'm saying all this because he's here tonight. And that's my history teacher, Mr. Weissman, who's in the back of the room. <laughs> but I have to tell you the truth. I loved the history classes, but that's not why he was my malach, Mechila. He was my first chavrusa in Rabbi Nachman, learning Likutei Maharan, learning Rabbi Nachman's Torahs, learning the teachings of Menachem Avam Ekochochma. I would, I would ditch science and math to go and learn with the history teacher, Hasidus, in the Beis Medrash. That's, that was my rebellion back then. <laughs> but we, we have moments in life, friends, where it's easy to look back and say, oh, you know what? I really did have everything I need. Anyway, we should be blessed that those moments of recognizing that we have everything that we need to fix our own souls, to do whatever work we have to do, that they're happening right now in front of us as we're speaking right now. So this is dedicated to you. This is dedicated to you. This is a song about we're waiting, you know, we're all going to feel like that one day when Eliyahu Anavi comes and tells us very good news. says, brothers and sisters, it was worth the wait. Mashiach, I'm letting you know, Mashiach is right here. That's what Eliyahu Anavi comes to tell us. So this is a beautiful, beautiful melody. This is not my melody. This is a melody by Diaspora Yeshiva Band.
Brenda mentioned their name as I walked in here. Very, very famous band in the 70s and 80s. And it goes like this. The chorus is also very simple, okay? I'll go like this. When it's your turn, and you repeat after me. Let's try one more time. have such open hearts to understand that they were also sent to this world to learn, to grasp, to accept, to be open to learn what, what students and children have to teach them. 
to open up by telling everyone that our hearts and our Shabbos tables are waiting for all of you to join us whenever it's good. I, I checked this with my wife before, I, before I'm saying this. I, I got in trouble before <laughs> once, but you know, really, whenever it is that, um, that you find yourself in Eretz Yisrael, where I'm from, now, Baruch Hashem, ready for many years, please, please, please join us. We live in a very, very special place right between Yerushalayim and Hebron between Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov and the Beis HaMikdash. So it's a very, we live in Efrat, and it's, Baruch Hashem, it's, uh, we have an incredible, incredible community and friends and, and so much going on. You know, friends, that there's, there's really two types of songs. There's songs that, you know, they make you, mm, interesting, I, I hear what you're trying to do. Then there's songs where you stop thinking. You know, the Alter Rebbe of Lubavitch says, the Balatanya, he says there are two types of thoughts. There are thoughts that the more that you think them, they consume space. Anyone have Mr. Chatterbox living up here? Then there are thoughts that the more you think them, they, they create more space in the world. 
So the truth is, is that, you know, wh why, is, why do we say that every Talmud Torah connect Kulam, learning Torah is so important? Because learning Torah and thinking Torah and dreaming Torah makes the chatterbox go away. It brings more space to breathe. It brings more space to think more, think healthier. There's certain nigunim like that as well, that you sing it and there's more space in your heart. So I want to teach you, like, what my, for me right now is my favorite nigun of mine. And I finally, finally recorded it on a new album that, that just came out a few weeks ago. It's the first time I'm, I'm, I have it here in Chutzlar. It's in, out of the land of Israel. This is called Nigun of the Birds. No words. I wrote it many years ago. You know, I'll let you think about it first, or actually not think about it first. Just sing it with me a few times, and then I'll tell you the story, how this song was written. But I would love just utmost harmony. I say many years ago, because before I was married, which seems like 
centuries ago. That whole world, that bachelor world, which I don't have any recollection of. But I was living in a beautiful, a beautiful city in Yerushalayim, a beautiful street in the city of Yerushalayim. It was a street that was very, very quiet during the year, besides two weeks during the year, the week of Sukkot and the week of Pesach. Why? Because all the Americans that owned the apartments in the area would come during those two weeks, and you heard noise. It was in Rechavia, a beautiful street called Rechov Ben Maimon. So this was a week where it was very quiet. I was jet lagged, I came back from a trip, couldn't sleep. What do you do when you can't sleep in the middle of the night? You live in Yerushalayim, you start walking to the Kotel. Took my tefillin, I started walking down to the Kotel about 4 a.m. And I never realized before, I realized the first time that, wow, the birds really have some good nigunim. They have some good tunes. So I was silent for a second. I was listening to the birds, you know. The truth is, I could only say this really here in L.A. without anyone thinking I'm absolutely out of my mind. But when I tell this in other places, they look at me like I'm just a cuckoo guy that spent too much time on Venice Beach on Sunday afternoons. But I stopped for a second, and I listened to what the birds were chirping away. If I was allowed to swear, I'd probably swear and tell you this is what I think I heard. to a concert up in Tzfat, you know, it's not exactly around the corner from Yushalayim. A long time in the car to sing that first part over and over again so I wouldn't forget it. And then the second part came down that night at a concert with the beautiful yeshiva. But to me, this will always be Nigun of the Birds, and that's what it's called, Nigun Tzipurim. So please sing with me, everyone.
I want to dedicate this song to a very, very precious soul, to a veteran in the American Army, to someone by the name of Taylor Force, who just yesterday in Tel Aviv, unfortunately, was another victim of that thing which we need to completely abolish from the world, hate, to wipe it away. You know, people think that peace is a luxury. Peace is not a luxury. Peace is a must. It's not optional anymore, never was. Never will be an option. Just like you have to breathe, the day peace will come is the day we realize that peace is truly the oxygen for our neshamas, all of us, the whole world, everywhere in the world. So because two weeks from now, it'll be Purim. And on Purim and six weeks from now will be Seder night, but don't worry, first we get through Purim. I see everyone starting to go like this, oh my God, I think. Shalom, shalom. And on Purim we say, v'nafochu. Everything will be turned upside down. But you know what's gonna happen then? We'll realize that really, Right now, it's upside down. And then it'll be flipped to the right way. Bezrat Hashem. One year, the Haile Gerizhner, Rabbi Israel of Rizhin, although he wasn't the Lubavitch rabbi, he was actually put in jail. I say that because usually every Lubavitch rabbi, at a certain point, he was thrown in jail by the, by the, by the communists. This wasn't the Chabad rabbi, but he was the great-grandson of the Magid of Mezrich, Rabbi Israel Friedman, Rebbe of Vision, and he was all alone, Purim night in his cell, and all day Purim also in his cell. And he was crying, 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 bitter tears. And he said one thing, he said, God, right now I have no one to give Shalach Manotu. So please, God, take these tears right now as my mishloach manot from me to you. 
Friends, without getting into it right now, because honestly, I don't have that much koach left in me to tell you how absolutely insane it's been the last six months. But I do know one thing, that if God needs some really good shalach manas, he's had plenty of tears the last six months. It should all be turned upside down. It should be a world that everyone knows that they're waiting for you in Yerushalayim. That no one feels like a stranger. No one, no one. That no one feels estranged. That everyone feels, ah, someone's waiting for me at home. And it should start, and I think it is already starting with us here right now in Tustin, California. Who ya Shalom Shalom Amen. Can I tell you why it's so important to clap your hands right now? other than to like make me feel not insecure about what I'm doing up here. But besides that, no, I mean in rhythm. I'll tell you, this is not my teaching. This is from Rabbi Nachman. You know, usually all year long, and we're singing it, Gevalt, or we sing it now, when right and left come together, the last thing in the world you hear is one sound. When right and left come together politically, religiously, socially, you hear about 85,000 different noises. However, there's one time when right and left come together and all you hear is just one sound. And that's when you clap your hands. And when you clap your hands to holy music, to nigunim, Rabbi Nachman says you're bringing more and more oneness into the world and adding more and more pearls on the keter of the melech, on the crown of the king. You know, I have no idea. I know nothing from nothing other than the fact that the world needs oneness. And the world needs some good rhythm. And the world needs some good clapping. So no pressure, but if you want to bring oneness into the world, you know what to do. <laughs> Shalom, 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 Roma, Ulyas, Shalom, Shalom.
that there are two main words for friend in Hebrew. One everyone knows is chaber. But another beautiful word for friend in Hebrew is yedid. Like we start Shabbos, we say yedid nefesh. You know what a yedid is? You know what a real friend is? They say a real friend is someone who you know they're holding on to your hand even when you don't feel it. You know there's someone there. That's what Yedid is, Yad and Yad. Right? So I have to tell you, not every day you get emails from someone named Kavod, right? 
you get Mike Stanley and you're Kavod. I just want to thank you for being a Yedid. I'm Amish Minit. And anything more of a Chol HaMosif Gorea. If I try to add on to what I'm feeling right now, I'm just going to be lessening from it. But uh, having you just reminds me why I got into this in the first place. Yimala Hashem kol mish'alos libcha v'tova. All the mishalot of your heart and soul should protect you and your family forever. From simcha, from b'riut, from health, with health, with every form of abundance that anything Hashem wants to give you. So it's because people like you that I really feel like I want to dive in more for Mashiach to come.
one more one more strong one I also want to make sure I thank this has been a pleasure to work with um, such a good sound man please thank Tony in the back thank you so much awesome and if I didn't think it was awesome I wouldn't thank you and tell you it was awesome so it really it really is awesome thank you so much you know friends tonight's Rosh Chodesh tonight's a time to start over absolutely everything everything in the world Every time Rosh Chodesh, tonight's the first, the, it's a new month in the Jewish calendar, tonight's the beginning of the month. So we, we start at night, we start counting at night. So there's a beautiful teaching on Rosh Chodesh, we say every day, every Rosh Chodesh we say, Ahavas Olam Tavi Ahavat Olam Tavi We ask, as much as you could imagine that there's the amount of love that exists in the world, Tavi please God. People need to be, it's like, sounds like the most simple thing in the world, and yet, yet we're struggling with it for, for thousands of years. People need to feel loved. It's as simple as it is. People just need to feel loved. So it says, we have the famous Rabbi Akiva statement, and everyone thinks that means love thy neighbor like you love yourself. I grew up in a street here in LA, Highland Avenue when I was a kid, Highland. 520 Highland, so does that mean that according to the Torah, whoever lived on, I have to love whoever lived on 518 Highland and then 522? Love thy neighbor. Why? Can't be. Actually, it does. And I'll tell you how Reb Shlomo Kabach understood this. Reb Shlomo, and he lived this teaching. He said, you know who God expects you to love? Anyone who is your neighbor at any given moment. That's all. Don't worry about loving the world. So many, you know those people, I love the world. I love the world. I'm so into the world. You can pass me the banana. Stop. Can't you see that I'm loving the world right now? What are you bothering me? Who are you worrying about? All you have to make sure is that you love whoever is your neighbor at any given moment. It starts right now in this room. So, Chavra, I give us all a bracha and give me a bracha back. That the most simple teachings of life should be the ones that we really pay and focus all our attention on. It's great to finish the whole shas. It's a very beautiful thing to go through the whole Talmud. Avavai, we should get through one tractate. I've been breaking my brains through the tractate of Megillah for, for so long already. It's, it's I'm not, I'm the last in the world to knock it. But if we only cared as much as doing simple things like ah, then every letter of the Gemara would taste so much more deep. Then every Shabbos would, would, would penetrate our souls that much deeper. So Bezrat Hashem, it starts from right now. I thank you so much for getting my Purim on. And I mean it in the deepest way. For getting my eye, keeping my eye on the prize right now because I see that there's so many beautiful people out there in the world that I never dreamed of ever meeting that are literally, you're not just flashlights, you're, you're torches. I hope you feel like that, and I hope you remember that. 
and we're waiting for you back in Yerushalayim. This is one last song that you're even allowed to get up and dance. It has no words. It was written many years ago at someone's Shabbos table. Thank you so much, everyone. Good Purim, good Shabbos, good Yantiv. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Chodesh Tov, good Purim, good Purim. Thank you.